Well, welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to two new Redemption Press authors this week. During the first half of the podcast, you'll meet Tim Shorey, author of an ABC Prayer to Jesus, Praise for Hearts, Both Young and Old. Then during the second half of the podcast, you'll meet Dana Meyer, author of J is for the Journey to Joy, an alphabetical path to authenticity. They both have an incredible Romans 8.28 story to share today. So first things first, let me give our first guest a proper introduction. Tim Shorey has been married to Gaylene for 42 years, a father of six grown children, and is grandfather to 13. He's been in pastoral ministry for 38 years and currently serves in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. In addition to an ABC prayer to Jesus, praise for hearts, both young and old, Tim has written three other books, Respect the Image, Reflecting Human Worth in How We Listen and Talk, which is a full-length book about communication, Worship Worthy, a Christ-centered devotional for older readers, and ABC Prayer is a children's version of that poetic expression of devotional praise, and 30-30 Hindsight, 30 Reflections on a 30-Year Headache. Tim loves children and longs to share the wonder of God with them in ways that they can grasp, to fill them with wonder and praise. And I've got a few little-known facts about Tim I would like to share with you. He has had a constant 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year headache for the past 32 years and has written a book about the experience. He loves sushi sports and sitting at home with Gaylene in front of the fire, spent 10 years in Japan as a missionary kid, and his church is wonderfully diverse as it celebrates faith in Christ as experienced and expressed by people with as many as 20 different ethnic roots. All right, let's roll that conversation. Well, I have been looking forward to our time together, uh, Tim, to talk about your new book and just want to welcome you to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Athena, for letting me on and giving me the chance just to have this conversation with you. I've been looking forward to it myself. Amen. So before we jump into your new book, I would love for our listeners to just get a little sneak peek into your life, how God works in your life. And being the theme of the show, Romans 8.28, we all have lots of stories of how he works all things together for good. But we just like to hear one that gives us a glimpse into how he works in your life. Well, as I was, as I was thinking about this, it occurred to me, and this may sound overly dramatic, but it occurred to me that my wife's and my whole life almost seems like a Romans 8.28 story. We have been given the experience of many trials and many hardships, uh, including a couple of our children with life-threatening diseases. And perhaps what is most Almost, it's it's symbolic in one way, but it's very real in another way. 
it kind of tells the story of, of my life and our life as, as husband and wife is that over 32 years ago, I contracted viral meningitis and was very, very ill for several months. And that, that virus left me with permanent nerve damage in the head region of my body so that I have had a constant 24 7 365 level six on a scale of zero to 10 headache for the last 32 and a half years everything I have done everything I've experienced we have six children we have 13 grandchildren I've been in ministry for 38 years married for 40 two years, everything we've experienced has been experienced through a headache and no small headache, one that registers significantly on the, uh, what I call the the pain Richter scale. And at one level, one asks the question, why? (laughs) And yet at another level, and I've actually written another small book about this, just reflecting on my headache. At another level, it's 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 been one of the greatest gifts of our life, and, and there's no there's no exaggeration in that. Mm-hmm. We have we've tasted the sufficiency of God's grace yeah. over these last years in ways that I I know we never would have if I had not had a headache. I can identify. Very much with Paul in Second Corinthians twelve, when he the thorn in the flesh that he had, and you know the Lord's response: my my grace will be sufficient for you. My strength will be perfected in your weakness. Well, I I've I've experienced that. I'll bet. Yeah, it's like I get to the end of the day and I say, Lord, you did it again. (laughs) You, You and ours has been a very full and and active life. And he has gotten us through. And, and that all by itself, I could give, uh, you know, two dozen reasons or, or what shall I say, two dozen blessings that have come out of this headache. But none of them is more precious than having experienced firsthand that God truly is enough. Mm. That's the good. Romans 8.28, you know. Yep. Like, work together for good. For me, that is the good, that mm-hmm. his grace has been enough. You know, for wow. I forget the last time I counted the days, but we're talking thousands of days in a row where I've woken up with a headache, gone to bed with a headache, every moment in between with a headache, and still been able to get through the end of the day and say, Lord, you got me through. Mm. My wife and I talk often will say to each other safely through another day. Hmm. And my headache has been both for both of us, because in some ways it's harder on her than it is on me. But my headache has been God's proving ground in our life for the sufficiency of his grace. And honestly, I would not trade that for anything. Amen. Amen. And, you know, Unfortunately, the church today with all the television evangelists and all they all that, they've like lost the theology of suffering yeah. and the value. <laughs> it's like 
Oh, wow. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, and I say it, and I, and I believe in healing, and I, I believe that God does amazing things, and, and I pray for it, and I look for it both for myself and for others. But I say it, and I mean it. You know, miraculous grace or healing grace is amazing, but sustaining grace is even more amazing. It's a healing grace, a miracle grace. It's really astonishing. And and frankly, I, I pray for it often. But at the end of the day, what's more amazing? That somebody is healed from a headache or that somebody is sustained for 32 years with a headache. And you're well, right. Well, that chronic pain. I mean, chronic pain, I have no idea what that's like. I have some friends with chronic back pain and, you know, different things. I just, I can't imagine. And for him to meet you there and sustain you and, and enable you to rejoice in the middle of it for 32 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, amazing. It, it humbles me. I, I won't say every day because that would be an exaggeration, but countless days just humbled in the realization that he has he has brought me through another day and how many times in the morning when I thought wow you know here's another day you know and yeah the head still hurts but here's another day and Mm -hmm. experiencing his grace to to wake up in hope and to wake up in joy and to wake up anticipating that he's going to get me safely through. Uh, again, those are, those are things that I don't think I would have ever known in right. the way that I know them. had it not been for meningitis 32 and a half years ago. So, and that's just so good because people resonate with, a painful experience a lot easier than our mountaintop experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like I say, you know, there's a sense in which I could say that my whole, my wife and I have been married for 42 years and from the earliest days together, we, I could, I could give you a list of afflictions. I could give you a list of valley experiences rather than mountaintop that. Yeah. <laughs> It's, wow. it's, it's intense. God is God. And, and yeah. God is, you know, my grace is sufficient, is, is not just a nice cliche to go on a plaque on your living room wall. You know, it's, it's, it is life when we, when we recognize that we are ourselves weak and fallible and fallen and sinful and vulnerable and all of that. <laughs> and then you realize, wow, God has seen this through. God has Amen. done it. It's, wow. At the end of the day, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want any other life, actually. Uh this is this is if I if I could and I don't want to go on about this, but if I could if God came to me and said, Tim, I'll give you a choice. You can I can heal you of your headache. But you you wouldn't experience quite as much of my grace, or you can keep the headache and experience that grace. 
I would it, it it wouldn't even be a split second hesitation. It would be yeah. Lord, I'll keep the headache. Just keep giving me your grace. I mean, it's oh. it's a, it's that real. So I love that. I love that. What a great example of Romans eight twenty eight. Woo. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit and tell us how the ABC prayer to Jesus came to be. This is uh, an experience. In one sense, it goes way back to my headache. Thirty-two years ago, I started to actually started to put the Psalms to music. Uh, I would take a, a recognized melody, a hymn melody, and just work with the the Psalm in such a way to to help it fit to that tune, so that so that I could sing the Psalms, and so that our congregation could sing the psalms together which was an, an amazing experience but it also kind of set me I, I guess I you know way back in high school I I'd write little poems and that kind of thing but this really was a moment where I because of the health crisis I was going through there wasn't much I could do other than just kind of linger in the psalms and and start writing the psalms put to music. It was just kind of uh, what I did because there wasn't much else I could do. Over time, that that aspect of writing and creating, I, I don't see myself as as a wow poet or anything like that. But just I loved working with words, and I loved expressing biblical truth in simple poetry. Uh, it just worked for me. And for a lot of people that I, I knew, it, it seemed to work for them as well. And then about, what, 10 years ago, I, it was this interesting start to an ABC prayer was that I was on my Facebook page. I, one morning, I just had, and I even forget what the words were, but I had five words beginning with the letter A that came to mind and I posted them on Facebook. And for me, I mean I'm not I'm not a biggie on the in the viral world, but for me it was a huge response of I don't know how many dozens of people that clicked like for just these five words, all A letter words. So the next morning I said, well let me try B. And well 26 days in a row, <laughs> I did this and was, it was, I would say, one of the top devotional experiences of my whole life. Because mm -hmm. uh, it, it was each day, I, I intentionally just focused on Jesus, his names, his character, his love, his attributes. And 26 days later, I had this collection of words with a slight poetic feel to them. And I actually kind of self-published that. And, and a little bit later after that, I said, you know, I wonder if there's something I could do for children that builds on or borrows from this collection of 26 reflections. And out of that came an ABC prayer to Jesus, uh, praise for hearts both young and old. 
And this just was, it, it became a dream for me uh, that I have 13 grandchildren. You know, I love children, six children, 13 grandchildren. I love children. And I, I just wanted this somehow. Could I, it, there was something that just affected me. And, and I, I wanted, if at all possible, to publish this in some form for children and their families. And several years later, God connected me to the illustrator, Dan Lee, dear friend and, and incredible illustrator. Yes. Uh, uh, and we just got our heads together and said, let's go for this. And, and that led into the book. So that's, that's a bit of the story of it. So, Tim, what has been your goal in writing this book? I love that because it's, yeah, this, this project, so to speak, has been full of goals. My, I believe that God wants us to, to borrow the word of one, one pastor to dazzle our children with the glory of God and the glorious deeds that he has done to create a sense of wow and wonderment in our children in who God is and what God is like. And that very much motivates both the content uh, lyrically and, and textually in the book, but also the illustrations in the book to give our children a sense of wonder. There's, there's a, you know, we know, we all know, I think uh, the, the heart, breaking reality of, of many children of Christian parents who wander away from the faith in their in their adult years, young adult years. And I, I tend to think one reason for that, although I wouldn't oversimplify it, but one reason is that we have failed to dazzle our kids. Um, our, our faith has become very ordinary. Our our approach to God, our sense of God is very mundane. It's very almost boring. You know, it's, there's, it, there's no sense of wonder. We, we tend not to have much sense of wonder. And my goal in this book was to, to communicate who Jesus is and what Jesus is like in such a way to to help children to say, wow, and frankly, to help their parents say, wow, all over again. And, and so in the book, it's, it's one taken right from scripture, one uh, metaphor and simile and image that you find in scripture, him as our fortress, him as our shepherd, him as our shield, him as our hope. Him is our jubilee, you know, all these, these biblical concepts that are, are wondrous concepts. I have, I tried to incorporate them into the book to, to just give to our children a sense that, wow, G Jesus is more than, you know, just, just some Sunday morning boring experience. He is a, he is a, a wonderful person. And the, both the lyrics are designed for that and the illustrations. Again, Dan has done a, a marvelous job. Or the illustrations are just, they, they, they draw you right in. 
and yeah. uh, are they're wonderful illustrations, which fits pretty well the the goal of the goal of the book. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the book. So you're twenty with each letter of the alphabet. Yeah. You're you're going through and just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a it's a book that actually has twenty seven stanzas to it. The twenty seventh is a concluding kind of amen to the the whole book, which is a prayer to Jesus. So it's an ABC prayer to Jesus, praise for hearts both young and old. And what I do is simply take one letter at a time, and it's a it's a eight and a half by eleven book. And each spread is for a letter of the alphabet with a with a little four line stanza that emphasizes that particular letter of the alphabet. And then the the illustrations itself draw from the text, but also uh, Dan goes wild and wonderful with additional aspects to the illustrations that include a lot of seek and find components. Mm-hmm. So on each spread, there's anywhere from a half a dozen to two dozen different objects or animals that uh, correspond to the letter of the alphabet. And then, and this actually has delayed the publication of the book by a few weeks, in just in the latter stages of completing the process, I realized that you know, there was there was one further step we could take this with just some some very modest edits and tweaks. We could actually make all the stanzas of the book fit the tune of the doxology. Oh, I love it. So that the end result of this book is a, a bedtime reader for your children, a bedtime prayer for your children a seek and find fun time with your children, an expression of prayer and praise to the Lord in behalf of our children, so to speak, but at the end of the day, in behalf of our own hearts. And on top of that, a songbook. Each stanza can be sung, and the doxology, of course, is is a song that the great majority of Christians in the world and, and throughout the centuries know. So it's a familiar tune. Right. So that each, you know, theoretically a parent or grandparent could just in one one bedtime experience read one stanza, spend a few minutes looking for some fun objects, and then say, hey, let's sing this together. And that's so good because it sticks. I mean, it just stays with us. I love the way music does that, especially yeah. when it's about God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, that All of that together just made this a combination of very much a, a worship experience, but also an incredibly enjoyable experience just, just to produce it, just to put it together. So we're, we're grateful that it's uh, coming together as it is. Amen. So who do you think will enjoy the book? Not just children, right? Yeah. I mean, emphatically so i it is a children's book but as the subtitle indicates it's praise for hearts both young and old i if i can say this i have i have 
sent the text to numerous adults and just said, tell me what you think. And I can't say without exception, uh, but a clear and solid majority have gotten back to me and said, Tim, this is great for kids, but I felt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this was for me. I, yeah. my spirit soared as I listened to this. And again, I thank God for that. I praise God for that. And it yeah. really is something that there, there's simplicity in the imagery, there's simplicity in the wording and the structure. At one level, it's simple poetry. Mm. But at the same time, we're dealing with the most profound person and realities that there are. And it, the effect on parents or on grandparents and honestly on, on tweeners and teens. I, yeah. I, I think it's a book that will will transcend ages and draw and draw all ages in i can i can see parents and grandparents sitting down without their kids in their life right right reading it because by god's grace it seems to have that effect Hmm. so how do you hope and you may have already covered some of this but how do you hope that parents and grandparents will use the book yeah, in, in some ways I have already expressed that in the sense of it is a bedtime devotional, it's bedtime prayer. It can be preparation for Sunday worship. Mm. It could it could be read and sung for family devotions, not just bedtime, but because again, right. I think there's impact for people of all ages. It's, it's, it is a book, I think, that could be a, a great opening devotional for a Sunday school class or mm. a children's program or an opening to a home school day where let's, let's just think about Jesus in the letter G <laughs> or, or however right. expressed or worded uh, children's ministry. There's, there's this multiple context where it can be, I think, effective and and a blessing to people. So I, you know, I do, there's a sense in which I think I'd want to appeal to grandparents as a grandparent. I'd want to appeal to grandparents to say, get a copy of this for your kids and their children, because it's, um, this, this will, this will bless your, and again, Mm. nobody more than me recognizes that, the only way this is a blessing to anyone is if God blesses it. Yeah. Um, Amen. I I live that. I preach that. I believe that. I I, I rely on that. That is my life. Uh, mm-hmm. So I realize that even with this book, as, as as much effort has gone into it, if God doesn't, if the Spirit of God does not rest on this and blow on this, then it'll just fall as empty words. Right. But if the spirit is there and, and the family is seeking the Lord, I do think it can help them draw near. Yeah. Amen. So, so good. So as we just wrap up, do you have any just parting words for our listeners? Just any ways that you have in all the years that you've gone through your chronic pain and all, you know, all the struggles that 
come along with that, that you've, that has helped you anything tip or tool that you've done that's helped you remember that God's always working all things together for good. Yeah. Oh my, that's, I think I could go on for hours. (laughs) We've only got a few minutes. (laughs) But here we go. Let me, let me, let me zero in here. Let me answer that using some comments I often will share with young preachers as an old preacher. When I'm encouraging, mentoring young preachers, I will say there's two things that people need from your sermon. They need more of God and they need more of the gospel. So leave them with more of God. Give them a sense of God in his glory, in his goodness, in his attributes, in his majesty, in his sufficiency. Give them a sense of God. And then secondly, give them more of the gospel. Give them more of what it means that Christ Jesus loved them, gave himself for them. More of what it means to be in Christ. We are, we are chosen and we are loved and we are adopted and we are redeemed and we are forgiven in Christ. Give them more of the gospel and they will go home a blessed people. And I believe that is the need of all of our hearts in all of life, no matter whether it's chronic pain or chronic sorrow or chronic loss or chronic loneliness or chronic whatever. Yeah, we need need more of God and we need more of the gospel. Uh, Mm. And uh, I would encourage folks to maybe not go so much after the how-to books or the, and certainly not after those teachings and preachings that kind of give you a sense of you'll get more prosperity or you'll get more of this or more of that, you know, go after that, which gives you more of God. Uh, yeah. Amen. More of God, more of the gospel is really the heart of the Christian life, I think. Amen. So hopefully this book will contribute a little bit to that. Amen. So if we've got some listeners who would like to connect with you online, find you, is there social media you're on or a website they can go to? Yeah, I, I actually have a, a website. Woohoo. You know, one of hey, those. For an old guy, that's good yeah, news. It's, it's like, whoa, did, I, did we really do this? So yeah, just uh, timothyshorey.com will get you okay. there. Uh, and that will give you a, a, a bit of more about me. It gives you a bit more. I have a blog on that that I post roughly every week. And then I have actually have a youth blog as well, as well as my other books and you know different places I'm speaking and all of that kind of thing. So that website, I'm also on Facebook, just Timothy Dory, and I occasionally Twitter. But I haven't gotten into that rhythm yet. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm an old guy, and it's it's a bit of a all this social media stuff is is uh, is a mystery to me. But it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun at the same time. So yeah, yeah. Well, thank it. you, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been delightful to just learn more about just your life and your ministry and. Just the the way that, I mean, I can see 
God is going to do some cool stuff with this book. So I'm excited for you. Well, thank you, Athena. Thanks for the privilege of being on. And uh, it's been, it's been fun. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we are back for the second segment in today's All Things Podcast. Let me introduce you to Dana Meyer. Professional home executive Dana Meyer's greatest joy in life is her family. A mom of five with a master's degree in education, she retired from teaching after eight years to raise her children, which included homeschooling for 15 years. Dana enjoys road trips to national parks, journaling, and connecting with young moms. She's been married 29 years to Marv, and they live in Seattle with their two youngest children. So let's take a listen to this conversation. Go. Well, I am so excited to have you on the show today, Dana. Welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thanks, Athena. I am excited. Yeah. Opportunity. (laughs) Yes. Well, last time I saw you, we were flying on a plane across the country together. That seems like you know an eon ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. It does. Yeah. That was nice to meet you. Yes. Well, and it's exciting to see the person behind the book. I always love getting that one-on-one with some of our authors. So that was a blessing. So we're just going to jump right in to, I would just love our listeners to hear a little bit behind the scenes of a Romans 828 story where God worked all things together for good, but you had no idea how he was going to do it. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, as we all know, there's a myriad uh, stories in our life that we could share. But the one that relates to my book, I think, starts about 20 years ago when my oldest. So I have five kids now, but at that time I had three and my oldest was in kindergarten. And that jump started our journey. Uh, you know, we put her in public school, our neighborhood school. And it was not long before there was the societal pressures coming from chatting with parents on the playground after school, like, oh, are you signed up for soccer? Are you signed up for whatever? And my head was already spinning. And here we're one year into this. And I was like, well, my daughter's not really wired that way. (laughs) She doesn't want to do sports. And they kept saying, well, you know, if you don't, if you don't get started right now, then you know, it's kind of hard to get back on the team later. And once again, I'm just kind of like, I'd go home and I'd talk to my husband about it. And we're both like, so what? You know, we didn't care. But two years into school now, she's in second grade and I'm part of a Bible study. And I just felt God nudging me all year. I kept meeting people that were homeschooling. I kept feeling frustrated with the pressure of the community to, to do all these things like success oriented, status oriented. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God just put on my heart to push pause and regroup. And at this time now I have four children and I had to get all of them up in the morning just to take the oldest to school. (laughs) It it was really just so upset. 
upsetting to all of us to balance this. And I'm like, God, you know, I know you're a God of order, not chaos. And if this is really a prompt from you, then help me know what the next step is. I was willing to take the next step. However, (laughs) every time I brought it up with my husband, he was like, no, no, no. Do you want to ruin another evening uh, with this conversation? Can you please stop bringing this up? And so then I changed my prayer and I'm like, okay, God, once again, you're not a God of chaos. So if this is from you, then change my husband's heart because I'm ready. Right. Right. (laughs) Off of my heart or change my husband's heart. And so he changed my husband's heart. We agreed to just take it one year at a time, try it push reset. And then that led into 15 years of homeschooling. But I just, and and it wasn't always bliss for sure. It was very stressful. And I learned a lot about myself and I had, you know, baggage in my life as we all do that cropped up, but I just kept journaling. I just, that's how I'd process. And over time I had 20 journals and I just felt like God was saying, I think there's some, I actually wanted to write this book for my kid. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to put my thoughts in a little bit more of an organized way and edit out stuff that they didn't need to hear and just make little booklets for them. And as I continued to share with other people, they're like, you know, if you just kind of neutralize some of these stories, I think you have a bigger audience here. So Every step along the way with whether it be homeschooling or this book journey, I was just willing to take the next step Mm. if I felt prompted. And I trusted God to close the door or direct my path. And so I met with a friend who had written a book with you, Marilyn Vansel. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to just send my book in. And so, I mean, just. I guess that's my story. That- yep. <laughs> I love, well, I love how, you know, the challenge of the, you know, parental peer pressure that was such a struggle. And then, you know, for him to use that to move you in a direction where you knew you were hearing from God, but you didn't have buy-in, but you were wise in, in rather than just pushing what you know, and you play in the God card. Well, God told me we're supposed right, to. Right. You said you redirected your prayers and said, "Okay, Lord, if this is you, then change His mind." And I love that how yeah. God would use that struggle to to not only teach you to trust Him more because that had to build your faith. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I was so frustrated because I was like, I I really. You know, do you just get that feeling? You know that you know that you know, and you can't really explain it. But yeah. but if he's not on board, then that's no good. So, right. yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That, that he would use those experiences and all the struggles that you journaled out while you were, you know, when things in, you know, in our own past, they come up in current day and it's like, yeah. You can either deal with them and he and get healed, or you can shove them away and they'll come back again. They'll come Absolutely. around again. No, Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, God does have a way of using things. It's like, he'll get our attention one way or the other. 
Exactly. Exactly. So I know that when you finally decided to move forward and get going on the book, we were right around the whole COVID thing. Tell us what inspired you to move forward in publishing Mm. in, in that unknown kind of fearful environment. Yeah, here's another here's another totally god story in my opinion because oh it's such a coincidence, right? That oh, all these things are happening. Okay, so goes back to like 2012. We we're on a lot of my stories happen in Hawaii because that's where I could be still and hear yeah, hear god, but I had a dream. Okay, this is that I have our fifth child was very not planned. Okay. <laughs> and a surprise bonus for sure. And huge gift. But then, so she was six years old at that point. And I had a, a very vivid dream. And God said, like he did to Sarah in the Bible, like you're pregnant. And I'm like laughing. And I'm like, no, this is not funny. <laughs> and he goes, no, I know you have a desire to write your story. And I believe you will do it. This is my actual dream. I believe you will do it by 2020. Whoa. So, so I just kind of didn't think about it. I mean, we were in a very busy stage of life. I was working on high school with my two oldest daughters. And so I was like, of course, that stayed in the back of my mind. But then it's 2019. And I'm like, huh, if this is really a God thing, and he thinks that I'll do it by 2020. That's six months away. <laughs> so maybe I should pull out my journals and have a look and see what, what that's all about. And at that time, a girlfriend of mine that I grew up with was her, her journey was taking her to get a certificate through the Mayo Clinic for coaching life coaching and what whatever. And she posted on Facebook that she needed some, you know, volunteers. And I was like, guinea pigs. I'll be a guinea pig. Oh, this is awesome. I can get, you know, free counseling and, and direction. And she was amazing. At that point, I had kind of a, a comic book version of my book, just because it was all ABC. And it was very, very primary, very, you know, for little little people. <laughs> right. uh, but um, I told Brenda that I wanted to do this. And she's like, great. What do you need to do this week? And, you know, so anyway, she coached me all these steps and God, it, it just went really fast after that. So by January, now beginning 2020, I had something to send to you. And I was actually like signing right when things were shutting down and you were so gracious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean it was it was totally before COVID that right. I prompted. And because that was one of the questions that Dory had was, you know, why did you choose to do this during COVID? And I'm like, I didn't choose to do it during COVID. I had done it before. And then it, I think it makes it all the more relevant because so many people are homeschooling, not necessarily by choice, but right in there. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So anyway, God, 
God's amazing that way, right? Well, you know, he knew COVID was coming and he yeah. knew back in 2012 or whenever it was that he right. said, you're going to be, it's going to come out in 2020. He knew the need Absolutely. it was going to fill. Absolutely. Oh. That's the part that just is so mind blowing to me, but it's exciting because God is very active. <laughs> he is. He absolutely is. So listen. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the hardest trial that you've experienced as a mom? Is it that was it the homeschooling thing or is there another one that you can share with us and what you learned from it? Wow, that's great. I think the one I would choose to share came to my mind as I was finishing up the, the introduction story that, you know, once again, God uses my kids to shape me. But it was the high school years with my oldest that once again here. So now we're in this homeschool community that we chose, but the, the it was kind of that repeat of what I was hearing in kindergarten. But all these moms were just so angsty about making sure they checked all the right boxes and got signed up for just the right classes to qualify for getting into the right school and da, da, da. they were worried about like transcripts and whatnot. And I'm like, why is everyone so worked up about this? I mean, here is a Christian homeschool co-op. Are we trusting God here? <laughs> but what, what God taught me in that season was when my, when we had our kids baptized as infants, our church had us, choose a, a life first for our kids. And I, I really spent a lot of time just the same way I spent a lot of time choosing a name. The names were meaningful to me and, and a, a verse was chosen to be meaningful. Well, but my daughter's verse was Jeremiah 29, 11. And God reminded me, he's like, Dana, that verse is not just for your daughter. That verse is for you too. Do you trust that I have everything under control? You're, you don't need to worry about this class, this class, this class, this class. So you could relax a little bit. So that, that was a huge learning curve for me. It sounds so simple when I say it as a story, but it was, I mean, I got angsty, but not, not as angsty as the, the parents that I was around, but God used those parents to say, Oh, they're really worked up. I don't want to get worked up about this and redirected me. <clears throat> that wasn't necessarily the hardest time like your prompt was, but that I think I was supposed to share that story because yeah. <laughs> well, well, and that's good because what it shows me, I mean the red thread I see there is whether it was public school or homeschooling, parents were in a tizzy to try and control the yeah, future yeah. and that you know what I mean? And Absolutely. so it was in both places, but God was teaching you to trust him. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, in both instances, he was teaching you to trust him, taking her out of public school and going into homeschooling. And then in homeschooling, he was taking you to a new level of trusting his sovereignty. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, okay. You mentioned something in your book that I've never heard before. Ankara Impora as a past. Ankara. What the heck is that? 
Ankara Imparo. Okay. And it means always learning. And ah. it's Latin for always learning. And my sister-in-law and I love words. And so we we just add new little phrases to our vocabulary every once in a while. But that one was huge to me because halfway through our homeschool journey, or as, as my oldest were finishing high school, I was like, have I wasted time doing this? You know, I mean, Satan wants me to think I'm a loser for doing, doing right. what we did. And I know in my heart, of course, I didn't waste any time. I was I was following God's prompts all along. So I had learned how to trust that. And so I was confident down deep. <laughs> but right. on the surface, I was like, huh, like, because I used to be a teacher before I retired to be a mom. Hmm. And people always ask, you know, do you want to go back to teaching? I'm like, I never, ever, ever wanted to go back to teaching at public school. I, I'm a lifetime learner. I, I love learning. I don't necessarily love teaching. I love sharing what I've learned. <laughs> and right. if that's teaching, then I love teaching, but I, I like to learn yeah. and share what I have learned. And the, you know, God just brings people in your life at the right time. But my, a friend of mine gave me a card and this is in the book too. I think it's on the D there. D is for dream that this card was specifically written for me at that time. And it said, you know, dear daughter of the King, you have a story to tell and you have a purpose here. I'm that was God speaking directly to me and no, you have not wasted time. Yeah. In fact, stop wasting time and get, get, get going on writing your story out because it's important to share. So anyway, I kind of so lost the life, the lifetime learning thing. So that saying yes. is yes. just what I, what I, the value I see in that is when that's your mindset in living your life as a believer, you're going to ask God, what are you trying to teach me when yeah. things go crazy or go sideways or whatever, instead of why me? Why are you doing this to me, God? Oh. You know, so I love that focus of your life because I'm sure it filters out in other areas. And yeah, I mean, this is such a healthy way to think about life. That is part of the W page, <laughs> my W chapter, because it's an alphabetical book. We forgot to mention that, but, uh, so W is like one of the words in there is worry. And yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's like, so Graham Cook was a huge part in my, in my journey. And he says, it's, it's an invalid question to ask why it makes an invalid out of us. So kind mm -hmm. of play on words there, but that, yeah, why not, why not reframe that and say, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? What, do you want to be for me in this time? And that was a long process from that. I mean, that was a good solid, at least five years of working on me and, and wilderness experiences. Right. And, and Graham said, you know, God takes us to the wilderness so he can speak lovingly to us about our inheritance. And so yeah. 
those were those were some of the harder, less pleasant times. But when I have it written down, it's so amazing to see how all those puzzle pieces fit together or like a tapestry and you see all these weird colors in the background, but it's like, what is this actually going to look like? And it starts to come to a a clearer formation. (laughs) Yeah. And just, that is just so powerful to go from why to what. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, if it's not easy, it's not easy to do, the more we practice it, I mean, just like anything, the more we practice something, the more we use our muscles, it gets easier. So yeah, I, I, good thing I'm a lifetime learner because it's going to take all my life to learn. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in the book, you talk about how it's okay for moms to ask for help. So when asking for help, what should moms keep in mind? Whom should they turn to? And at what point do you reach out supposedly not at the end of your rope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a tricky one because every mom's needs are going to be different, right? But um, I think the whole point of my book is that why do we pretend to have our act together? Why? Why? I mean, well, I know why, because we live in this. I mean, it goes back to the first thing that the kindergarten mom said, you know, what are you going to sign up for? What do you want to, what do you want to look like? Who, who do you want to be? And it's like, we need to reframe <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> Those aren't bad questions, but let's go ahead and ask God those questions. Who do you want me to be? What, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But so I think that for me, I can only speak from my experience, but for me, it was admitting that I can't, I can't do all this by myself. I can't mm, yep. teach five kids all day long and plan a yummy dinner and get the groceries. And I, I just, I mean, I, I held it all together pretty well with three and, and maybe even four, but I mean, our life is out of balance that we have five kids and there's two of us. And my husband was working all day and, you know, so <laughs> And I grew up in a time where the modeling was, my mom was home right, and did everything, but we kind of forgot that when I'm homeschooling, I was actually working. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so sorry, I didn't clean up all these messes and, and it was just learning how to listen to, because I think for me, it's about my, the way my personality developed like my the way I processed things I always would take offense and and think I was less than or I was a failure and I had to reshape that and and it was it was learning about myself that helped me so that's not really answering your question but I think the more we know about ourselves and we can be honest that we shouldn't have any shame in being honest about I'm really having a rough day or I'm having a rough season or I, you know, I, I just, you know, whether it's, I can't keep the house clean and that what then hire a house cleaner. I, I just hired a house cleaner a year ago because we thought, Oh, we want our kids to see that we do things as a family and everyone has a chore. Well, 
it probably would have saved us a lot of angst if we just took that piece out of the puzzle. Right. And, you know, it's enough to ask them to tidy up for the, for the house cleaner. Right. So, so there's, so what I hear you saying is there's no shame in admitting you can't do it all by yourself. You need help. You need wisdom. You need, you know, you need to raise the red flag and go, okay, I, I can't. So who, who can help me figure out what might be helpful? Does anybody right. else have this kind of experience? What did you do? I would think a safe person would be somebody who, you know, is maybe either a little farther ahead of you right. in the walk and can it can actually, you know, without being competitive or without being threatened or whatever, right. pour into you and give you yeah. some advice. I think the shame piece is, is really huge in our society and that, yeah, we, we put these pressures on ourselves and who knows they form different ways for different people, but to recognize that it is shame and to fight against that is probably the first step in, in my journey for learning how to ask for help. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we're almost out of time. So in what ways do you connect with other moms? Like what's the number one thing you would like readers to take away from Jay is for journey to joy. Wow. I love that. How do I connect with other moms? Well, I think Dana Meyer is just a super duper real person. And she is not afraid to say, I mean, I don't know what your life is, but I can tell you about mine. And if there's any crossover, there's anything that you can glean from me sharing my story. Yay. Yay, God. Yay everything and being stop pretending to be something I'm not and be my most authentic self. And to be authentic, we have to keep searching and know ourselves better and, and know God's promises better to claim those little tidbits to, to say, you know, Satan, bug off, you know, get it, be gone because yep. you're no, I'm not, I'm not, not going to listen to that. And for me, it's kind of an overused word right now, but being vulnerable and authentic is just the way I'm wired. It's just, it's who I am. And people are like, wow, I can't believe you would write some of these things. Like you're brutally honest. And I'm like, that's who I am. I, it's, so I feel like that allows me to connect with whether it's young moms or anybody that to say, yeah, life is hard. Yeah. Why don't we share our experiences with one another and glean something? Because that sounds like it was a really rough lesson. I don't want to have to learn that lesson. I'd rather learn it from your experience and say, oh, I remember when so-and-so told me about that. Oh, okay. I'm going to try this instead. Yeah. Well, and what, what I see in your transparency and your vulnerability, what you're doing is you're giving those who read your story, you're giving them permission almost mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. to say, you know what? I went through that too, or I struggled with that too. 
where so often in the church, we're just like putting on a happy face and we're not talking about that stuff. So you're giving your readers permission to begin to maybe see themselves in areas of your life that may not be exactly the same, but there's some crossover there and they can learn from that and they can begin to maybe process their own issues that they haven't really taken the time to do yet. Cause it's sometimes it's easier to just, well, easier, not better, but easier to let those things just kind of yeah. go away, you know, but they don't, they don't They'll come, like, yeah, God will get our attention one way or the other. We said at the beginning and he, he does. And for me, all of these things have been like peeling an onion. I every time, it's like, I thought I learned that lesson already. God, what's going on? And he goes, well, actually, I want to take you a little deeper this time. We're going to we're gonna go. go a little deeper this time. And it just kind of like a corkscrew. But thank goodness I'm a, a lifetime learner because I'm like, okay, here we go again. So. Being a lifetime learner, I'm thinking, definitely takes the shame aspect and puts it in a whole different, like it. Because a lot of times that shame thing keeps us in this, we're stuck and we don't learn our lessons and we have the wrong attitude. So just the commitment to being a lifetime learner, I just think is so valuable. Mm-hmm. That, and I think you're exemplifying that in all the stories that you're telling in the book. So again, you're not only, you know, giving permission to those who are reading it to also open up about their struggles, but also giving them that example of being a lifetime learner. And I just, I love that about you. And I love that about your story. And thank you. Now, if people want to, before I wrap this up, if people want to connect with you online, social media, wherever, what's the best way to do that? Well, like I said, I'm rookie at this. So I do have a website and it's DanaMeyer.com. I don't know how great it is, though. <laughs> I don't know. There's supposed to be a button where you can contact, and it seems to still have a glitch. So ah, okay. you can learn about me on the I, on that. But maybe a better way to get a hold of me would be to go, J is for journey to joy, all lowercase, no spaces, at gmail.com. So okay. I do have that also. And are you on social media at all? Anywhere? I have a Facebook author page. So okay. being Meyer author, that's as far as I've gotten. Uh-huh. And to be honest, I, I, I don't love social media. So it's, it's really hard for me yeah. because it just goes against this authenticity piece. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretending to, I don't know, have my act together. <laughs> I don't. Well, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Let me close with this statement this this phrase that is so helpful in the lifetime learner thing my sister taught me this and she, it's simply saying i've never been in this situation before you know every age and stage that our kids are going through or us ourselves we've never been there before there may be some similarities but i've never had two in high school two married and one working. You know, I've never had this combination before. I don't know how to navigate these new things. And that has been a game changer for me. Mm. And that's what you're doing is you're extending yourself grace. Yes. We have you're to not yourself up. Like I don't have it all together. No. Hey, I've never been here before. Yeah. I'm learning. Yes. I love that. 
Yep. I love that. Well, Dana, it has been an absolute delight to hang out with you today and have this conversation. Thank you so much for being with us on the All Things Podcast. Thanks, Athena. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would, consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media. And if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would love it if you would take a minute to do that as it would help other people find the show and also let them know that it's a show worth listening to. So thanks so much for joining us today and I will see you next week. Bye for now.